Howdy, dream peacemakers. Welcome to the HBO Boys podcast. We are here today to discuss episode five, Monkey Dory. Love the pun about the monkey who was mean. Uh, but there, yeah. he had a reason to be mean. He had a butterfly in him, which I assume is like uncomfortable. And then <laughs> eating uh, at your brain. Yeah, and then uh, he, he threw the butterfly. Tried to beat up uh, a team that, unbeknownst to him, had been recently coming together, becoming more of a cohesive unit. And you know, if he had faced a hodgepodge of ne'er-do-wells who were coming in there with just a bunch of ideas about being selfish and really just like looking out for a number one if they if they had been that perhaps the gorilla would have killed all of them with yeah his bare butterfly hands but brute strength butterfly strength butterfly strength as we all know is uh the greatest strength that is available to anyone or anything in this world (laughs) But sadly, uh, the gorilla had another thing coming because he was facing a well-oiled machine that was <laughs> this team coming in today. Episode five, uh, I, I, will, I will tell you, I am tired of watching this show. I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the thing about the music you said last time where it's like James Gunn throwing down your throat his his uh, epic 80s hair metal metal rock music it, it was really distracting in this Honestly, in this episode specifically i felt okay about it this episode really uh, yeah i it I, it kind of was secondary to uh focusing on scenes that i just wanted to be over and not because mm. it was the music just because they were weird superfluous i didn't need them they didn't or they weren't additive to the story and yeah uh and they were just being f- like quippy improv scenes surprisingly this uh show didn't this episode did not feel well written at all mm, no is that me no yeah no i think it just had a lot more like let's sit here and have quippy dialogue yeah and yeah, I don't i'm like that. i'm over it like completely yeah Plus, you know, it had an action set piece that I didn't mind one bit. Yep, that was good. I liked everything that happened in the warehouse. Mm -hmm. But before and after the warehouse, I could have done with it. Just give me a YouTube video of them entering the warehouse (laughs) and then suddenly being a great team who has synergy and other business terms. (laughs) Symbiotic. (laughs) symbiosis and not to be confused with venom as a symbiote 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 Uh, I believe you go to uh, (laughs) the Amazon rainforest you sit in a circle and Mm. you take ayahuasca and symbiote I believe that's what that is (laughs) symbiote peyote (laughs) symbiote peyote symbiote peyote (laughs) Yeah, uh, you take symbiote peyote with a coyote. <laughs> uh, but going back to the music, why I felt 
the music was distracting. There was one very specific scene, and I can't remember where it was in the show, but it was a scene where the Asian uh, FBI agent lady was, it was like a crossover scene, like a passage of time scene. And they had like this really heavy metal, like riff, like, and it just felt so out of place. I'm like, okay. It's a heavy metal montage. (laughs) It's a montage. (laughs) It just sometimes feels, and again, I didn't actually feel this way during this episode. It was more last episode, but it just sometimes feels like James Gunn is directing, which he didn't even direct this episode, which is odd, Mm, but it felt, it feels like he's doing something and then he's behind the camera and he just kind of leans in in front of the camera and looks at the audience and and is like do you like that do you it's like me. that i did this <laughs> like that's what it feels like sometimes i'm like yeah we yeah. fucking oh, get yeah. it i get it yeah but anyway this is what happens in monkey dory we open in on peacemaker and he is still sad about uh what we assume was punching his brother in the face and then his brother subsequently dying. He is real sad right. about that while drinking an egg with like, tab- I don't know what it was. And then giving the <laughs> honey colored liquid to the butterfly that he is still keeping in the jar. And then Eagly tries to make him feel better by bringing him roadkill, which is just very nice of Eagly. Of course it is. Yeah. That uh, butterfly is going to get out of that goddamn jar, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> It's just who who is it going to infect? <laughs> yeah, I think like Eagly is just going to get pissed at it and then like peck the shit out of it. I mean, they said in this show, which we'll you'll probably get to, uh, that it can these butterflies can infect hosts of all types of beings. Like it doesn't have to be a human; it can be a well a gorilla in this case. But and then uh, Vigilante asks if it could be a chihuahua. What did he ask if it could chihuahua? That's right, chihuahua. So maybe. There would be a butterfly eagly. Is it eagly? I, uh, I think it, I think it's the same. Kind of too small. Yeah, he's too small. But mm-hmm. I kind of want it to happen. Me too. I want that to happen without eagly dying. I don't want eagly to die. I think eagly so, would have to die based on what happened this true. episode with uh, everything or anyone that was come across <laughs> as a uh, a butterfly agent. Then uh, not looking good. Yeah, not not good for the butterflies. <laughs> The team has a meeting where they watch a PowerPoint presentation put together by Economos that he worked very hard on, but he gets made fun of the entire time. He points out that uh, butterflies can fly up butts, probably. (laughs) I was always curious when we were going to get to that scene, because I think that is one of the promo images of this show, is the butterfly going up the butt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it is. We also see that they figured out that the uh, butterflies are eating the honey-colored goo, and that is coming from a lab that is two hours north of them, so they are about to go on a road trip. Road trip! At the same time as this, the FBI agents are visiting the white devil, or I don't know what his name is, Chris's dad in jail. (laughs) The white devil. The white, the white devil. devil. No, I think it's the white devil. It's something. I don't. He's a racist. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says racist <laughs> things. 
And he's not a very nice guy, but he is innocent of this crime, which he is desperately trying to prove to the Asian FBI agent who he is being very mean to and not saying very nice things. Uh, you know, saying, um, mean things based on her yeah. heritage. Uh, you know, uh, of what's course. that word? Racism. R- being racist. Yes, that's right. But he says, you know, fingerprint me. And then put him up against the other fingerprints, and you will see that it is not me, and that it was my dumbass son. Which we can just run through this storyline very quickly. That is the case. They fingerprint yeah. him, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And then they double check with the eyewitnesses who said they were lying, and they're like, "Okay, so it is Peacemaker, and it wasn't his father, and we need to let him out." But Mern, who we don't know if he's been a butterfly for how long, like from the very beginning or just in the last episode, but he now meets up with the future Captain Locke, a mercenary he used mm. to know from the old days, and he infers that he, the mercenary that is, may have killed a bunch of people that Mern knew. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not chill. No, not chill at all. Anyway, he asks Locke to basically just like, Become the new sheriff, so he can keep the white knight, the white nev- the white knight devil, Whoa. in jail. <laughs> yeah, that was good, right? Well, can we just call him? Uh, can we just call him Aquinsu Ocha? Aquinsu Ocha. Yeah, white devil, white devil. Did you just say white devil, white devil? <laughs> I think he said white devil, white devil. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and you don't get this <laughs> reference, we're not going to tell you what it is. Uh, no. And we're not going to tell you what movie to watch. You you have to go on the long journey of Googling everything we just said and uh, finding it yourself. You'll feel better that way because it's really great. Those are very nice. <laughs> With my help, he <laughs> could be the best. He could be the best. <laughs> anyway. Finkel is Einhorn. So uh, the <laughs> White Dragon. The White Dragon is his name. White Dragon. Yes, that's it. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. The FBI agent goes and is just like, this is bullshit. I'm being blocked. Hey, who are you? And Captain Locke is there now. And he is just like putting a kibosh on the whole thing. So the mm. white dragon uh, stays in prison. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, okay. So I did look a little bit ahead on these and saw that they have a couple of the final episodes titles up. And the second to last one is called Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Dragon, mm. as in, you know, white dragon. White dragon. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful he's coming back. I like him. I like T-1000. You like the racist? No, no, no. I like him as an actor, so I like oh. to see him and stuff. I mean, he's playing a racist. Yeah, that's he unfortunate. He sure is. But he plays a pretty good racist. He like, sure does. It's pretty accurate. I like his um, hair. I like his hair. And his name's Augie. The Augie the White Dragon. The White Dragon August. <laughs> yeah. Gus. Oh, no. That would have been... I'm glad they call him Augie. Gus Dragon. Gus. Gus Dragon's a Gus, sweet name. Gus Dragon. These balls all over the place. Fucking sweet, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, so we head back to the adventuring squad. They are arriving at the Glan Tea Bottling Company. And as they go inside... It is made clear that the new helmet that Peacemaker is wearing is X-ray goggles. So, so good. he puts those on and uh, turns out everyone in the goddamn building who is not on their team is a butterfly. Yeah. And he, no 
regard. I mean, it was just headshot, headshot, headshot. No hesitation. No mercy. I was quite fulfilled with the with that action sequence. Because mm. I mentioned earlier this show has a little bit lack of action considering where it came from. Right. You know, it's re- it's a little redeeming. So we'll see. Yeah, it did reach my body count quota. Mm. Mm-hmm. I wanted more heads blown to bits and we got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. As soon as we found out the butterflies are chilling in your brains, I'm like, there's got to be a bunch of headshots here coming, right? Lots of shotgun. 360 no scope misty flips. Yeah. And and there's Uh, also at some point a large bomb. So Leota and Peacemaker are walking through shooting everybody. Leota's shooting people that Peacemaker has already shot to be like, see, I did it. And... Uh, the other part of the team, Vigilante and Jennifer Harcourt uh, with Johnny Conomos on the mic sitting in the van are also looking around the warehouse, but they have split up and they go into a room with a gorilla in it who we heard last episode had escaped from the zoo. And yeah. it's obvious that that gorilla has a butterfly in it. And we also learned that earlier in this episode that gorillas slash monkeys are four times stronger than humans. So <laughs> a four times stronger than human enhanced strength gorilla, because the butterfly also makes you stronger, then fights all of these people and absolutely pushes their shit in. Oh, yeah. I did not see that one coming. When the gorilla took the first swipe at whoever they hit first... Uh, it was surprising. I was like, what the hell is that? And then I was like, oh, it's a ginormous gorilla. <laughs> I kind of didn't see it coming. No, me either. And you know what else I didn't see coming? Johnny Conomos coming in from the top ropes oh, with a so fucking good. chainsaw and just like murdering that gorilla. It was, yeah. listen, this is a weird <laughs> thing to say out loud, but okay. I liked it when all those people died by getting shot in the head and then the gorilla got chainsawed. I liked it. I don't know. <laughs> like... It, when you say it out loud, it feels like you are, or me, I, I am yeah. a sicko and gross. Yeah, for sure. But gosh dang. For sure. But, you know, we just need to indulge. Right. This is what keeps me from doing truly bad things in my life. I got to see John Economos <laughs> chainsawing a gorilla. So I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to do that. Yeah. Check. <laughs> Oh, that's what it's going to look like? Neat. Check. Don't need to do that one. Our action squad went Slayer. Oh, that was good. I liked it. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. But Fuck. Uh, yeah. Harcourt then names the group as they're leaving and they're celebrating the 11th Street Kids based on one of the songs that James Gunn was shoving down our throats in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it? What was the name of the band? H- Hanoi Rocks. Hanoi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Chris then invites Leota to his trailer and uh, reveals to her that he really likes Harcourt. The revelations of this possible relationship just keep on coming. So it is a real will they, won't they as to Harcourt and Peacemaker's uh, relationship. And I kind of hope they don't get together personally. (laughs) Me neither, because it's so on the table. It's like, okay, it's the same thing. Yeah burly dude lead roles getting with that chick yeah 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 she hot though yeah yeah so she's in the trailer and then she hides the diary the thing that her mother amanda waller has been asking her to do this entire time chris basically 
just invites her into the peacemaker's den and she plants <laughs> the peacemaker's den <laughs> and she plants what she was supposed to plant the entire time right kind of bummed honestly she's getting she's getting soft and fuzzy for him after this leota can't sleep feeling a little guilty goes into the office and she puts on peacemaker's x-ray vision helmet and turns around and then finds out that Mern is a butterfly. And it was at that, uh, I had my volume turned up really loud watching that. And <laughs> when he like turned to her really quick and did the screaming howl, it's legitimately startled scared me. Scared the shit out of you? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Goddamn butterfly. I, mean, I knew it was coming. The thing is, I knew it was coming as right. soon as. She was, you were seeing what she saw and he was in the room. I was like, oh, fuck. But it still startled me. <laughs> loud noise. Loud noises. Right. So Mern runs at her and it cuts to black as he tackles her on the street. So we do not know the fate of Leota, but I'm sure she'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I don't know now. I mean, I don't know. Could throw a curveball. That'd be cool. It's, um, it's the, that woman's daughter. Here's this thing. Mern has acted from the very beginning, including this episode, going to, you know, destroy the food source of the butterflies. He's acted like he's not on the butterfly's side. Yeah, I wonder if he's like a weird, like, alien defector. I wonder if the butterflies are alien. Like, they might be earthbound. But as we saw on the screen last time, there's a shit ton of them. And uh, there was a line this time where that was like, every time we bring up the butterflies to our higher ups, it gets shut down by somebody in the government. Like they're all over the place. Yeah, they're all butterflies, political figures, powerful people, celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Pitt. No, no, Mr. Pitt. He's a butterfly. (laughs) And we don't know how long Mern has been a butterfly man. Again, right. it could have been since he was born or like way long ago, or it could have just happened in the senator's house. We don't know. So his intentions, his goals, his aspirations are currently up in the air. We don't know if this butterfly has some secret undercover mission, uh, but we do know <sighs> in the last episode that Judo Master said, you know, butterflies aren't what you think, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And he sounded pretty genuine. So interesting. It, it's still very, very unknown. Oh, yeah. We have no idea. Which uh, I think that is the one thing that's keeping me truly interested in continuing to watch the show because it's feel everything feels so forced in this show from like some of the jokes to like the trying to be quirky and trying to be like kind of edgy. I don't know. It's it's getting a little tired for me. Yeah, I'm looking up to see if <laughs> butterflies were in like other projects before this. I, I don't think so. I don't remember them ever. Okay, audience. Well, you didn't hear the last five minutes of me Googling because <laughs> I edited it out. But I was just looking up, you know, <laughs> hey, butterflies, is that from DC Comics? Is that from past storylines? Or is this something new that James Gunn just made up for Peacemaker? And I will tell you the answer to that currently unclear but (laughs) i think it's leaning towards uh just made that shit up it doesn't seem like there was a 1970s comic you know like it was like oh superman one and butterflies 14 like it doesn't seem (laughs) like that is what's going on and while you were googling that i was looking up the guy who voices eagerly and i still am just 
floored that he plays Perry the platypus on mm. Phineas and Ferb. It's D. Bradley Baker, right? You said? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's done a lot of like really random voice. He voices. is probably one of this generation's most prolific voice actors. Yeah. Like he was, he did voices for Portal 2, the game. Like so strange. I just, I just had no idea he spans so much. He does, he did a bunch of Marvel voices too. He was in, um, he was Hank Pym and a few of the animated stuff. Mm. Pretty cool. I'm now looking up a review. Yeah. Yeah, he was in, he did Family Guy too. A bunch of SpongeBob, SpongeBob voices. He was Olmec in the new Legends of the Hidden Temple series, which I have yet to watch and I feel like a terrible 90s kid. I'm never watching that. I choose not to. I want, I I, I want to just see one. I just want to see one to see, to just see it. <laughs> oh, he was in, he voiced uh, something in Shang-Chi interested oh Mo- oh he voiced morris the freaking like little animal thing interesting so he does <laughs> he does animal voices that's Ish. what he does yeah so i think that's enough to be said about this episode yeah it was pretty low-key yeah it was uh we have three left i believe yes and then uh raised by wolves starts uh, actually i think they might overlap some but three weeks when is when does that start i don't know Soon. Right. Soon I will have to be subjected <laughs> once more to Raised by Wolves. You have a blast. <laughs> no, man. Like, uh. James is saying it's going to be good. I don't know. James is wrong. He's I in- believe you. He's incorrect. <laughs> but yeah, listen, I had a good time for the parts of this episode. All the warehouse shit, as I previously said, totally yes. fine with. Uh, great yep it was just you know everything else i found uninteresting at the beginning where john cena's peacemaker was just listing characters oh yes that like okay we get economos could have put in prison yeah instead of his father and then the post-credit scene or mid-credit scene that was just him obviously improving more names and i also saw a thing oh, on I instagram didn't even, i didn't even i didn't even watch that yeah <laughs> I saw a post on Instagram by James Gunn of him having a God mic in his hands and just yelling lines for John Cena to say, well, you know, like he's Judd Apatow on a Judd Apatow film. Right. (laughs) And that is the vibe that the show gives that a lot of it is, uh, God Mike improv uh James Gunn. He's he's the entire show. Uh yeah. but yeah, it was fine. I'm oh, fine. I'm fine. I had more fun it's, uh remembering it's Arcane last night. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I still gotta watch it. Still gotta watch it. Boy, oh boy, you're gonna <laughs> like Arcane, buddy. Uh also I'll add this as like a little nothing star teaser, but uh next week we you and I have to get together. Because a new character you're doing is going to be in, I think, two episodes from now. And, uh, gosh damn it. Or should I say, yes. Wow. This is the tease of the century, and I love it so much. Thank you very much to our patrons, Connor O'Dowd, Jamie Lochner, Anthony Wells, James Watch My Dog, Chris Wood, Brent Ginn, Craig, John Jurors, Major Woody, and Carol Andreas. I said James Watch My Dog. That is not. It's Dong. It's Dong Watch. And uh, I, I sincerely apologize. Anyway, uh, okay, you have the outro tonight. You say goodbye to everybody. What do you want to? What do you want? You can say anything right now. Oh, gee, how dare you put me on the spot like that? <laughs> I don't like that at all. But have a great uh, weekend, stuff, and 
Uh, you should watch Euphoria if you want Dong Watch to really take off. There's lots of penises in that show. Yo, there's so much backlash to Euphoria this week, by the way. Really? Oh, yeah. And like Dare is so pissed that they're quote unquote mm. glorifying drug use. Oh, my God. God, there is a uh, how do you, how do you explain like Breaking Bad? Oh, I don't. It's only because <laughs> the show stars teenage women, the yeah. main star of which is a minority. Like if it was a show all yeah. about dudes, it's just it's obvious uh, yeah, misogyny and sexism. <laughs> and it, it's it, the complaints are just it's so, so clear that. It's just a bunch of Kens and Karens being fucking assholes. But yeah. there's also like a, like, is is Sydney Sweeney being forced to do all of this nudity? Is it too much? Uh, maybe. Kind of thing? Yeah, I maybe. I have no problem with it. Well, you're gross. <laughs> what? No, no. Yeah, you're chill. You're chill. You're chill. You're chill. You're chill. You're chill. I think I. So many people would agree. You're chill. 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 We're both chill. We're both chill. We're both chill. Both chill. Okay. Well, we took. Peace maker. Bye. Outro ever. Bye.